All right, I want to welcome you today to a podcast that we're doing during this Holy Sexuality series. My name is Todd Arnett, lead pastor here at Trinity Church, joined by my good friend, Hilke Hilkema. Hi, everyone. Great to be here. Hilke is our family pastor here at uh, Trinity, and so we thought this would just be a good piece uh, in addition to what we're doing on Sunday mornings or Sunday evenings, Sundays in our worship services to have an opportunity to have a conversation kind of following up uh, what we've been talking through. And maybe sometimes there's topics we just don't have time for, or maybe some that are even more appropriate answered in this format than they would be um, on a, a Sunday morning worship service. Absolutely. So. Yeah, we're excited to uh, just provide some helpful content and uh, maybe just get into some some rabbit trails that we necessarily can't chase down on a Sunday morning, but uh, would be really helpful as we kind of explore this uh, t- topic of holy sexuality uh, together. Absolutely. One of the things uh, Hilke and I were talking about today, really what we want to do is a little bit behind the scenes of just why this series, kind of where our heads have been in terms of preparation. And and, and, and why now even just mm-hmm. culturally, just why now and, and where do we think you know, things are going and, and how are we supposed to speak into these things as, as a church, as believers. So, um, yeah, why, Todd, why did you pick this series? Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, I've really felt a burden to address issues related to all the confusion and the questions of uh, God's design for sexuality uh, for a long time. It's been on the back burner and moved front burner probably more recently. We developed, just so you know, we develop our uh, teaching series months in advance, or even so basically last fall, this made it on the teaching calendar that we would be addressing. I think part of it was, I was just kind of in a season of going, there's, it seems as though there's some uh, hot potatoes at Trinity that we haven't been willing to talk about. So last fall in, um, in uh, November, we talked about money, and now here we are talking about sex. So You found another potato. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought it would be fun to kind of go, let's just go. Let's swing for the fence a little bit and talk about things that really, again, it goes back to God is not silent. So why would we as a church not want to enter into the conversation? And, and the culture isn't silent. Absolutely. You know, um, I was looking at Amazon, and there's 190,000 books on sex and sexuality mm. you can buy. Mm. I mean, if that tells you about the volume of just information that our culture is is consuming mm. and and just, uh, I mean, they're publishing because the people are asking for it. Yeah. And and how are we, as, as Christ followers, as a church, how do we speak into that culture? We can't bury our heads in the sand, obviously. But some of these topics are, are just challenging to figure out. They're, yeah. they're deeply personal. They're emotional. And uh, there's people, loved ones, attached to these conversations who are maybe even living outside of some of those parameters and that breaks our heart and do we really want to go there and and the fact is we we have to we do and what really comes to my mind you know i think often people in church have felt when it comes to things related to sexuality um they they've just kind of thought that you know that i see there's just stuff we don't talk about in church or because there's so much brokenness related to sexuality that um, we should just steer clear because it's too painful and the reality is, is that scripture speaks to the pain 
We recognize that we do live in a fallen world and with that for centuries, this is nothing new. The things we're experiencing might seem new in our generation, but man, for generation upon generation, we've been living in sexual brokenness in multiple ways. And I was just thinking of this passage from Matthew 7. This is so it's a weird correlation, but listen to what Jesus says. He says, which of you, if his son asks for bread, uh, this is John uh, Matthew 7 verse 9, uh, will give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. And this is what he says, verse 11. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts, good gifts, give good <laughs> gifts to those who ask him? And I feel like that's the reason I want to talk about this series the most. We have an incredibly good, good father. And he has given us this amazing part of our being is our sexual nature, the sexual aspect of who we are. So when we engage our sexuality according to God's design, and that, that has all kinds of not only you know backgrounds, but also all kinds of applications, I really know we live in God's best. And that's just my heart for everyone listening on weekends and on the podcast, the conversations, our home groups and other small groups are having. I just pray that we would get to know and experience God's very best for us because we're engaging this God-given sexuality according to a God-given design. And so um, that's that's why why the series now. I love it, and uh, I mean it is a it is a good good gift. Yeah. Uh, our sexuality is a gift from God. Sex is a gift from God, and at the same time, like there's there's so much fog, there's so much distortion, and so much distraction, and uh, we want to really highlight the good gift. Amen. And and I think we'll be able to do, to do that this series. Yeah. Hilke, for you, you're getting ready for uh, preaching on the series on the in the series on God's design for sex. Talk to us a little bit, kind of your research, kind of where your uh, just your mind's been, reading you've done, podcasts you listen to. What have been just helpful to you yeah. as you're getting ready for that? Yeah, so we're talking about sex on Sunday, and um, I'm really excited. It, it's, um, I mean, it's such a loaded topic. My goodness, um, that. I mean, sex is just incredibly powerful. It is a good gift, but it's also been so destructive. Yeah. It's been so painful. It's been abused. And, and how do we speak into that with grace and truth, calling people to God's design, yet recognizing there's so much brokenness and even potentially even some hopelessness in terms of where they might find themselves currently in. And how do we give hope and and really just open up the the, the door to where people would be willing to um, to trade their hopelessness for, for hope and be able to start that journey to either recovery or a, a renewed vision for their marriage, uh, including the, the gift of sex within marriage. And um, so uh, pretty daunting. So thank you for giving me that You're task. Very welcome. Um, very <laughs> and um, the book that, that you mentioned, uh, Holy Sexuality by Andrew Wan, it, it's an incredible book. Um, I'm almost done with it. And uh, he just presents such a wonderful understanding of sexuality and the gospel. It, it's, it's well written. It's easy to read um, and, and just so, so scripturally rooted. So I, I've turned there quite a bit. 
Another book that I've really enjoyed is uh, Matt Chandler's uh, The Mingling of Souls. I'll, I'll probably reference it on Sunday, but um, particularly as it related his discussion on like dating and um, almost like all the pre-marriage stuff, which is fantastic. Like if you have a teen or if you're a young adult, like those few chapters on, on, on like dating courtship stuff is, is worth the price of admission. So gospel centered. So, um, it's just balanced and, and just, it's not a, about, you know, don't have sex, don't have sex. And then all of a sudden, Oh, now you can have sex. Mm. Like, Oh, what the heck just happened? Mm -hmm. Now sex is good, but yesterday it wasn't, sure. you know? Um, and that just can be really weird. And that's probably what a lot of us that grew up in youth group in like 80s and 90s probably experienced. Absolutely. And uh, that's not what we want. And that's not what he presents in his book. It's uh, just really, really nice. Um, I have really spent a lot of time just kind of looking at uh, more of a biblical theology, starting in Genesis. Uh, I've looked at um, even Song of Solomon, which is... A super weird book. Um, <laughs> and I mean, there's just obviously it's poetic, it's wisdom literature. Um, it is um, pretty difficult to exegete, uh, but it has a lot to say uh, just, just about God's design and expression of sexuality. Uh, but it's an idyllic picture. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a sexual ideal, and the world we live in is not ideal. It's poetry. It's supposed to be like this sure. grand view, this idyllic expression. Inspirational. Inspirational. Oh, poetry, yes. It's like this this epic, you know, telling of of, of this relationship. Um, but there, there's still so much like truth there of of uh, related to principles related to um, a sexual relationship that is just selfless not self-gratifying it's it's all about mutuality and it, it's romantic it, it, it just prays where it's holy and and beautiful uh, and then also just looking at the new testament and there, there's a lot of instruction about you know against sexual immorality but then there's also uh, you know keeping the marriage bed undefiled there's teaching from paul about um, again, mutuality and giving our bodies to one another, and just, so there's there's a lot there, and um, that and also just some podcasts that I've listened to. There's a podcast. What is the what is the name? It is Java with Julie, <laughs> and uh, someone uh, forwarded me that a link to it. I've listened to a few of them now, and wonderful lady, and, and she just has different guests come on, and a lot of her podcasts actually deal with sexual brokenness and just a tremendously helpful, gracious conversation that she has with the people she interacts with. Uh, I listened to one with um, a same-sex attracted man and who was, who's a uh, you know, celibate Christ follower and talk about his journey. And, um, and then I listened to a few others, but uh, Java with Julie was just really uh, a, a great, uh, great podcast that, that has been um, yeah, just really helpful to, to, to think through and awesome. Lots of great things out there. Yeah, Absolutely. They really are. And that's one of the neat things about this era in our, just even the church's uh, development. There are so many good resources on this topic that I would say even five years ago weren't there. And I love that. I love that. There are groups like the, the group we got to mention this last week, the Center for Faith, Sexuality, and Gender did not exist five years ago, but Preston Sprinkle and his team, they're doing such a great job of being thoughtful, being articulate, very loving, very kind in the way that they're 
approaching and helping people just think biblically. Again, these these uh, even pastoral papers called Grace and Truth. You know, here, let's bring truth, but in this incredibly gracious way. I mean, it's very easy just to kind of spout off these... Uh you know, dictates or whatever, but it's, it's, and, and that's not going to get us anywhere. Yeah. And, but to be thoughtful about how we discuss these things. Um, and the, the other option is just to not talk about them. Yeah. And then sometimes people just kind of shout just these blanket statements of, of condemnation or judgment. And, but how do we do this in a, in a uh, way that also that doesn't um, shame people and leave them in guilt? Yeah. You know, oh, I without guess hope. I, without hope. You know, I guess I screwed up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess I haven't lived up to God's design. And and the truth is, no, you have not. And God knows that. You know that. But He has a plan, and mm-hmm. and He's got. That's already been paid for. And it doesn't mean that there, there isn't some work to do just internally to to kind of recapture that vision of what God has for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is there is hope, and there's restoration and forgiveness. And the fact is, you've already been forgiven. And yeah. um. Yeah, so um, it, it's exciting. It, it is. Uh, there's a lot of great resources. Pure Desire is another great ministry that has a lot of wonderful resources, um, and uh, that's pretty awesome. That's great. Uh, so how about yourself? As far as yeah. any, anything that you've come across that's been helpful or just encouraging, and totally. And it's a, it's what a neat kind of assignment you and I have in this series to get to spend some time with focus to try to develop some of these new resources and gain just more and more of a biblical grid for how we're thinking. Uh, I was recommended the book uh, Mere Sexuality, and Mm -hmm. that's been a good read just starting that. The way that the author just lays it out and sees the different things that we're going to be looking at in the book. I've just begun, but um, I'm excited to just kind of see the organization of thought is really aligned with me, like I'd sung to me as I began to look at that. You know, I think a, a source that some ladies have told me as well, let's see, who's that from? Yeah, Todd Wilson. Todd Wilson, yeah. And um, so that's going to be a good read, and we'll reference that in a couple weeks. Another uh, author, uh, speaker, uh, lady who does a great podcast is Lisa Turkhurst. And uh, just a great, uh, the podcast is Theology and Therapy or Therapy and Theology. They had some great uh, things recently on just dealing with back to just the brokenness of various situations. And and, and I love, she actually does this podcast herself and then uh, a resident theologian within their Proverbs 31 ministry. That's mm-hmm. the bigger umbrella of the group. Uh, great book that she's referenced numerous times. This isn't the way it was supposed to be. And then has a, um, a therapist who has done a lot of work with her in the same podcast. So what a great group. All three of these uh, voices kind of from her walk with the Lord, her experiences through a theological lens, through a therapy lens. They're all conversing. And I thought these are great voices to get in the same room on the same Absolutely. topics. So I've really benefited by listening to a few of those and the things she's taking head on or not only her own experience, but so what so many other women are experiencing or have experienced and just how to, again, what can be redeemed? That's what I love about the hopefulness of the gospel. What can be redeemed in these various situations? So yeah, besides the book with Christopher Yuan, those are some of my favorite resources so far. Yeah, those are good. I know over the course of the series and the podcast, we'll highlight a few others. Mm-hmm. But at the front edge, those are the ones that have been the most meaningful. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so Hilke, tell us for you, uh, you know, as a relatively new role at Trinity for you and our family ministries, giving leadership from birth through college and then beginning to just kind of 
uh, take on some things, helping marriages, helping parenting. When you think of these issues related to holy sexuality, mm-hmm. what what about those can be so helpful and, and are so needful to help parents and help married couples moving yeah. forward? Yeah. So um, I'll actually go back a little bit. So when I took on this uh, this role as, as family pastor, I was trying to think even like, how does this role fit into our mission as a church? You know, for people to be to be rooted in Jesus, reaching their world. And then how does a family pastor help that mission? And um, I'm not sure where it happened, but I had, I had this like light bulb moment. And it was really important that I did uh, because it helped me kind of understand my role was um, I truly believe that the best way or or one of the best ways that we can engage and reach the people in our relational world is by having healthy families, healthy marriages as a result of living out healthy sexuality, Mm. healthy sexual relationships, dealing and and, and finding forgiveness in sexual brokenness. And um, so, so I see such a, an importance to this whole idea of, of sexuality um, and, and, and that even trickling down in our parenting in the way we raise our children. And um, yeah, I just remember even with my own kids, so I've got three kids. Uh, they are 12, 11, and eight. And, and just thinking through, okay, what do I, what do, I do with, with my kids? How do I uh, engage them in this topic and prepare them and to understand their identity, their sexuality, um, and, and how do you have, you know, the talk? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I was, I knew I needed to have the talk with my oldest son, and I had just been putting it off, like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't want to talk about this. Like, and then I'm like, no, like, what am I doing? This is stupid. And then, and we just sat down and we just started talking and it's been an ongoing conversation ever since. So it's kind of opened the door. Yeah, it opened the door. And um, he doesn't love the conversation. Yeah, and, and it's an ongoing conversation. He's not like, oh, I love talking about this stuff. No, mm-hmm. but we're going to talk about this stuff regularly, ongoing. And um, so here's, here's a couple of things that just to encourage you as parents, uh, no matter where you're at, your kids are at, whether they're like six years old or, or 16 years old, is, uh, is to have a plan. Is to have a plan. Uh, if you're just going to be like, yeah, I should really have that conversation. And then next week you're going to say, um, I really should have those conversations. You're not, you're not going to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, get a plan together. You, know, you and your spouse figure that out. Where do you guys kind of stand together? So it's kind of a united message. Um, have a plan and, and, and just um, it, it, it will require some intentionality and, and some planning and um, I'm going to be recommending some resources even uh, this Sunday but there's a series called It's God's Design for Sexual no maybe just God's Design it's a, it's a four book series uh, that's been uh, that's pretty good I've used uh, three of the four books with my children then um, there's also some uh, resources uh, associated with, with uh, the folks of Covenant Eyes have some stuff that um, is also just very intentional, very, very good. There's a book called like 15 Conversations. Uh, I mean, there there's a lot of great tools yeah. out there. Again, like we said in these last oh, you it's know, incredible. recent years, it the is resources so cool. are growing. I mean, it, it just kind of tees up the yeah. ball for you and, and you just, you know, make it your own. But at the same time, if you're like, yeah, I'm not really good at adapting stuff, then just do what's in the book. Like, sure. follow the script, and, and you'll be golden. Uh, but I would also say this. Um, you can't give what you don't have. Oh. If, 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 if I don't have 
a, um, a healthy view of my own sexuality, then, then how will I pass that on to my son sure. and my daughter? And so that doesn't mean that uh, if, if there's sexual brokenness in my past that I'm doomed as a parent. But it is certainly something that I have to kind of wrestle with and, and process and, and get to a healthy place. Yeah. Have I truly experienced God's forgiveness and grace in those areas of stumbling uh, so that I can tell my children about Truly, mm-hmm. God's forgiveness. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, you know, just modeling. Mm-hmm. The, the best way to, to, to model this is, is, is through just faithfully living out what it means to be a Christ follower. And um, so those are just a couple of thoughts that pop in my head. And, um, I mean, there's a lot more to, to explore there, but that, that probably is, is, a, is a pretty good start. And, and even if after hearing this, you're like, man, I still don't know where to start, like, Come talk to me. Like let's let's have a conversation. We want to we want to be you know not just stuck in our offices or uh, doing um, you know preaching sermons on a stage. Uh, we want to be personally helpful as well. If if, uh, if, if that would uh, be helpful to to any of you, honestly. Absolutely. Um, hey, I wanted to maybe just think a little bit through um, yesterday, and we talked about biblical manhood, biblical womanhood, and. Um, and, and, and how do we kind of process this, um, this cultural uh, wave related to gender confusion, uh, gender dysphoria? Uh, you know, it's like you might wonder, like, how did we get here? Like, holy cow, like, how did we get here? If you have been even following Jesus for a long time, you've been kind of involved in church world, and then you look around, you're like, what happened to this world I live in? And... Um, I mean, how did we get here, Todd? Like, what, what happened? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, you know, that's what was really um, just a great thing to begin the series with the beginning. You know, here God clearly talks about yesterday, Genesis 1, 26, 27. He created not just humans in his image, but male and female in his image. So there's a distinction within the genders, the sexes, that is honoring to God, reflects his his character in unique ways, even one from the other. And within that, the reality comes down to, I know throughout our series, we're going to reference Romans 1. And Romans 1 has this interesting, just um, slippery slope. And the reality is, is that when I set aside the truth of God and his, what he's revealed to us, I'm then left to opinions. I'm left to a fallen mind. I'm left to a fallen. Yeah. Our feelings. Like I feel this is, that phrase, inside of me, therefore, yeah, this must, must be, act on it. Yeah. So within that, it just becomes uh, just this sense of everything is okay. And in that place, what we find is just all kinds of, uh, I think sometimes even unintended consequences for decisions. But you almost start following a track. If X is true, then everything that flows out of X is true. And we know that true biblically. We would say, hey, biblically, if God created two genders and male and female are both distinct from another one another but also reflect the image of god with great value dignity and worth uh, together and are equally important to god then a whole sequence of right decisions and living can flow out of that conversely if i get that wrong just like any math equation then everything that flows out of that's going to be wrong as well Absolutely. and i don't mean yeah. just wrong like morally wrong or 
or vertically wrong in terms of our lack of holiness. I just mean even the repercussions towards even the way we treat one another, mm-hmm. towards the culture and just the general reality of, of our generation. So, um, yeah, so when we don't get that first part right, we just see yeah. the, the fallout continue to grow. One of the things I was processing even with um, preparing for this Sunday is how do we live out you know, a Genesis 1 and a Genesis 2 design in a Genesis 3 world? Mm. And, and if you're not familiar with those chapters, you know, Genesis 3 really marks a turning point as mm. far as this is how sin entered the world. And so we have this beautiful design of gender and God's image reflected in maleness and femaleness. And, and it's, it's wonderful. It's God glorifying, God honoring. It's holy. And then Genesis 3 touches everything yeah. from then on. It, 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 uh, it touches our, our identity, our sexuality. It touches gender. It, it touches um, just our hearts deep inside of our selfishness and, and um brokenness and, and abuse all can be traced back you know to to those genesis 3 uh, that doesn't mean we shift the blame to have it adam and eve mm. but we certainly live in that genesis 3 world of 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 a fallen world a broken world uh, a, a world where we have people who are broken and and hurt and and they're struggling with their gender mm. you know it's, it's sometimes like how, how do we get here with this gen it, it, it's sin really has tainted everything and it's and it's and it's uh, it's heartbreaking to see that uh especially when it's not recognized in our culture as brokenness but it's celebrated sure it's it, it's even encouraged and um even though deep down inside there there is a truly a struggle and uh, and the fact is we're none of us are immune amen from this genesis 3 brokenness uh including our, our sexuality and um, I, I believe there's 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 a huge spectrum in terms of how that is manifest uh, in our lives. As a um, as a follower of Jesus, I still struggle with sin, including sin related to my sexuality, and that manifests itself in in a heterosexual way. Yeah. For another man, it might manifest in a homosexual way. For some, it it, it is manifested very um, prominently and very overtly, and it's and it's it's way down the spectrum and and um that doesn't you know sin is sin in that regard but the consequences will be different as far as how they play out but even with some of the things related to gender confusion and for some of it's man they're just not sure others it's it's a full embrace and and they're pursuing um you know surgeries and, and all that but it's all just related to this this brokenness that that really has touched every single one of us. And uh, I love, I love a, a, a quote that I came across. Um, it says, only Christians humble enough to recognize their own brokenness will be capable of walking with people through struggles that seem very different from their own. Mm. Uh, I'll be honest, like th- that gender dysphoria is, is a very different struggle than, than th- that I struggle with. Um, but even just recognize my own brokenness, my own uh, Genesis three uh, fingerprints, if you want to call it those. If we kind of tap into that, I wonder if God would just enlarge our hearts with compassion and love, uh, not the void of truth, but certainly this balance. And and we won't always get it right. Yeah, uh, that's for that's sure. What I, what I loved about that comment I heard from a podcast last week, we shared it yesterday. You're more evil than you believe. 
and more loved than you can imagine. And there's something about that wonderful tension that really is the gospel, that really does communicate at the end of the day um, all that we really need to be. And so I'm, I'm just grateful as we move forward. We are every week going to get to that idea. What can be redeemed? What can be redeemed in this topic? And so I'm excited. Absolutely. Yeah. And also uh, there were a few questions that we got pretty pretty late. We were like really recently here. So we'll get to some of the other questions that, that you uh, submitted. If you're like, oh, I didn't hear my question talked about. Um, we're we're going to try and get to a lot of the questions, you know, perhaps not all of them, but we'll do our best to, to address a lot of the different topics. And hopefully today was more of a kind of a introduction, even some of the resources that we're looking at and uh, definitely more to follow. That'll be great. Well, thanks for joining me today. I look forward to getting to do yeah. this weekly with you. It was awesome. It's going to be good. All right. So you guys have a great week. We'll talk to you next Monday.